Oh, thank you all for tuning in to the 530th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, Eros, Daryl D. Lane, as always, wherever you are, however you may be listening, I'm thank you for making me and this show part of your day, whether via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Everett, SoundCloud, Pandora, whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via. Gonna have a great podcast for all you guys today. Gonna have my brother, Scotty Johnson, on. We are going to give our all-star predictions uh, for the NBA All-Star game that's going to be happening in a few weeks. Now, before I get to that conversation with Scotty, I'm going to give my shameless plug as always. First-time listener, thank you. But subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be via Red Threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below, specifically if you use Spotify. I have everything timestamped. You can click on the timestamp, and we'll send you to whichever part of the podcast you'd most like to listen to. Folks, it is for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter at Nitrant underscore Lane. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane. You will find it. I post two five-minute clips of this podcast right here. It's all my syndicate show outside the shop. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, give me five stars and a great review. And for some odd reason, right if I want the pod, then for not worry now, folks, but just don't say anything. Because you know what your mama told you? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And get up next with the break on Barbershop Sports. We're going to have Scotty Johnson on the show. Get up next with the break on Barbershop Sports. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have my brother, Scotty Johnson, with us to give both of our NBA All-Star rosters. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, you know, um, taking it day by day, enjoying life, you know, enjoying sports. How you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. It's been a while since I've had you on, man. So let's start with this, obviously, right? All-Star Weekend is coming up in a few weeks. Uh, last year was in Cleveland. This year it's going to be in uh, Salt Lake City. <laughs> Just You couldn't get any more opposite from downtown Cleveland than Salt Lake. Just two different regions of the country, two different types of people. It's going to be two different experiences for the players. I wonder how all the All-Star parties are going to work in Utah. That's going to be interesting. It's definitely... Because um, they're going to be going out. It's definitely what you call a flip from, like, different cities. I've never seen... Like, I've never heard of, like, any, like, attractions in Salt Lake City as far as, like, you know, like, things you can do, like, that's, like, national. Like, skiing. In Cleveland, you were known for, you're known for, like, the Browns and Cavs and the Indians, like... It's definitely going to be a different feel. I think the players... Well, I think the players that that's used to that is probably gonna, you know, take it just, you know, how they usually take it is probably gonna be like the, the more recent, like newer all stars, like the young ones, like the Jaws, the the Lucas. They probably might not like it. It's, it probably might not be like something, you know, that they weren't like as 
perspective. But or they might take it like you know, they appreciate the opportunity. But it's definitely as far as like the two different cities, it's definitely like a flip. I never like I thought it would be like you know somewhere like a Miami or something. So what they you know what it is. So. Let's start with the East All-Stars first. So the All-Star starters, I don't know if you ran into this problem, but the interesting thing is you have a log jam here, right? So you have Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. Now, one of those four for me were not one of my starters, uh, just because I don't think the way it is, it's guards, forwards, and center, I don't think... I tried at first justify putting Jason Tatum at shooting guard, and I was like, he's not a guard. He's a forward. So I ended up going more traditionalist. So to start it off at point guard, uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, so I know, I know. This was – it was tough because there's a lot of guys to choose from, and I will tell you, it was very hard for me. I went back and forth as I was doing this list with Tyrese Halliburton and uh, Trey Young. But what got me here is – the Pacers are overachieving this year. The Hawks are underachieving. Uh, in terms of assists, Tyrese Halliburton leads the NBA in assists. He's more assists than Trey Young in particular. 20 points a game, which is more than I thought. I felt like he was more of a 15 to 16 type point a game per guy. But he's at 20 points, and he's shooting like 48% from the field, 39% from three. Uh, the best player on a team that is uh, a borderline playoff team. Uh, I don't think there was a lot of super strong candidates for this spot, but I think he's the guy who's probably most deserving. So Tyrese Halliburton with his first all-star appearance. That's, I'm, I'm lost for words. So you're shocked. You're shocked. Yeah, I agree he's an all-star, but I, I, I wouldn't have him started. Who, who do you have starting at, a point, at that spot, at point guard? I got my man Kyrie Irving. You know, oh. <laughs> that's no I got my okay, man. you got Kyrie. I, I will I tell you this. I can't put Kyrie. There's been too much for Kyrie. Uh, Ky- Kyrie what? was. There's been too much going on with Kyrie. There's been too much. You talking off the court or on the court? Off the court. Not going off the court. But off, off the court. court. On the court has never been the issue with Kyrie. It, it's it's on the court. I mean, excuse me, off the court. On the court has never been the issue. I mean, the basketball is as good as it gets. 6.7, 5-point rebounds, 5-point assists, 61% on 60% true shooting. 50-40-90, come on, man. Last five games, 31 points. Oh, no. And then they, Brooklyn started off the season, you know, they, they started off the season shaky, but now they're like, what, top four? That's a big. That's a big turnaround. People did write them off, but now they're starting to creep up back into that championship mix. So, and that's probably due to their two best players, KD, Kyrie. So, Kyrie is my starting point guard. I just don't like with Kyrie all the drama that went on this season. That's kind of why I don't have him as a starter. Uh, but I, I definitely see what you're what you're looking at. So. Then for me at shooting guard, I have your guy, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Uh, who I'm sure you'll probably have. I mean, he's 28.4 game points, four rebounds, five assists. He's shooting 48% from the field. I mean, and then if you look at his three-point shooting percentage, it's 39%. So he's almost at 40, and then he's at 87% from the line. Uh, 
Cleveland has one of the better defenses in the NFL, in the NBA, with him playing major minutes, relatively overachieving. They've slid down a little bit as of late. They were really a top three seed for the beginning of the year. They've kind of dropped down to five, the five line. But what Donovan Mitchell has been doing as being the best player on one of the best teams in the conference has been extremely impressive. And he is a guy, I mean, the story fits for itself, right? Former Utah Jazz player coming back home. But Donovan Mitchell is, uh, we're talking about all-NBA first team to all-NBA second team consideration with the season he's having. So Donovan Mitchell is for sure slotted in at the next guard spot for me. No questions asked. Um, no disagree with you on there. I agree like a thousand percent. I had Donovan Mitchell as my starting shooting guard as well. For all the reasons you said and um, just, just the impact. That's the one thing I want to talk about. When he... We got the trade and the news that he was coming to Cleveland. A lot of people, it was it was the feeling was great. The, the, it was just you felt like the the uplifting in the city, but to actually see him play and embrace it, like just on the court as well, like it's been asked for a better, like you know, a better show. On top of the, you know, twenty eight points a game. That's almost thirty a game. Oh, and uh, just to throw a little. Personal jab in there. I was at I was at the game where he dropped seventy one points. That comeback that game definitely started with him because we were down. He's such a physical player. He's such a physical player. He gets to the rim so easily. He's a very good passer. Uh, A lot better of a passer than I think I gave him credit for at Utah. And the shooting's high level. I mean, he's almost forty percent. So I mean, you're talking about a guy who can get to the cup, who can shoot the three. Very good passer, particularly in the pick and roll. I mean. He's one of the best off-guards in the NBA. It's like he's just quite simply one of the best off-guards of the NBA. And this might be a hot take, but he and my MVP conversation, I'm not going to lie, especially if Cleveland finished like top five, top four. He and my MVP conversation. Yeah, you know, and it's crazy too. If you would have asked me last year during the playoffs and you told me to name the top 20 players in the NBA, I don't know if Donovan Mitchell would have come up. Now it's kind of like, I don't think I have him in the top 10, but he's top 15 for sure, for sure. And the only reason he's not in the top 10 because, like, I have dudes, like, at LeBron, like, at 9 or 8. But then I'm like, is Donovan Mitchell better than Ja? Like, I'm thinking that now. Is Donovan better than Ja? Like, that's a conversation. Yeah. Yes, that's a, yes, that's not even no disrespect to Ja, though. Man. Just more physical, taller, more athletic. Probably a little bit better on defense. Defense, yeah. But Ja don't, don't sleep on Ja defense too. You know, Ja would year, he blocked Kyrie in a game. The clutch time too, so I don't I don't knock the defense. But I think I would but I would get an edge to Donovan just because of the physicality. So next for me at the first forward spot, I have Jason Tatum. He would be my league favorite for MVP right now, just for everybody's reference. So 31 points per game, that's third in the NBA. 8.4 rebounds per game, 4.4 assists per game. He's shooting 47% from the field, uh, 78% from the line. And from three-point range this year, uh, he's been pretty good as well. He's at 35%. I mean, that's okay. That's not that's not great. And excuse me, he's shooting 87% uh, from the line. So you look at the splits, 47%. 
35 and 87. That's relatively efficient. I mean, could be a little bit higher. But then you look at the counting stats. I mean, he's at 31, 8, and 4. And the team has the best record in not only the Eastern Conference, but uh, the NBA. And they have one of the best defenses. And that all starts with him partly at the perimeter, taking on a lot of tough assignments and really doing it all for this very potent Celtics offense. He's well in the league league for minutes. One of the guys who plays the most minutes a game in terms of value. I think uh, Jason Tatum just absolutely spectacular. And I think he's something above a little bit of better. He's something above what prime Kawhi was. And Scotty, you know how much I love what prime Kawhi was before he stopped playing basketball. So I have Jason Tatum as my first forward. How about you? Um, this one was a little tricky because I had Kevin Durant, but that's the he. That's only if he plays. If he doesn't play, I had Jason Tatum. So I'm gonna go with my first pick, and the reason why I picked KD is just because of just it's KD, it's efficiency, it's. I mean, 30 points a game, it'll probably be over, it's 29.7, but it'll probably be over that if it wasn't for, you know, his teammate and Kyrie. I mean, KD is just, you know, is what I like about KD this year is that he got, just like how you said Donovan Mitchell got better as far as, like, distributing the ball and actually, like, running the offense. Like, when Kyrie was out, KD was the player that was, Basically, basically doing everything, you know, passing, shooting, distributing, rebounding, defending. Not saying that he wasn't doing it before, but just doing it at a higher level. Because, like I said, they started it off. They started off the season rocky. They didn't know, you know, they didn't know how it was going to turn out. They fired Steve Nash, and they end up turning it around. So, I would give the, I give the edge to KD over Tatum, even though Tatum is. Just to most is probably having a better season. I can't even like not can't even argue. You know, take Tatum for KD. That's like a good. You know, that's a good one. But I I originally went with Kevin Durant. Yeah, the thing for me with when you talk about Durant versus Tatum, what gets me is yeah, Durant's just a more efficient basketball player, and I think we probably both agree he's probably still better than Jason Tatum. But in terms of playing every game in and out playing the most minutes, uh, being a better defensive player, I think, and the team's success. I, I just think it's hard for me to justify keeping Tatum off of the team. So I kind of made the decision where at the forward spots, you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, and Jason Tatum. Uh, and just one of those three guys isn't going to be able to make it, uh, unfortunately. When, But... Uh, yeah, that was kind of my thing. So you had no issue with the lack of games Kevin Durant has played as, as compared to, like, say, a Tatum or anybody else, right? You you kind of looked past that a little bit. I mean, yeah, because at the end of the day, is the team's success is due to the team, not not also just one player, unless you're Steph Curry or LeBron, where they their play style can, you know lead a team to a championship. For the most part, any other player, you have to have a great team around you. And some of that success is due to the, you know, the players you got around. I mean, you got you got a great supporting cast and Al Horford, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, 
it's, you know, I feel like Brooklyn is still, you know, outside of Kevin Durant and Kyrie. They picked up T.J. Warren, which was a good pick. And yeah, it moved Seth Curry to the bench. And you got players like Nick Claxton, you know, up and coming. But as far as KD and Kyrie, that's all, you know, that's all they got. And then they got Ben Simmons, but they can't count on him to be good. So as far as, like, they're they basically winning games off two players, where Boston is, they're just a great overall team. The defense really started with Marcus Smart. So... See, the thing I'll say about Tatum, though, Tatum's typically guarding the best perimeter defender. Like Marcus Smart's guarding the best point guard. He's guarding the point guard most of the time, which could be the he best point guard. He's guarding everybody. Don't do Marcus Smart like that. He's guarding everybody. He's guarding whoever hot. <laughs> no, I agree, but I'm saying if, let's say, they're playing the Heat in a playoff series or they're playing the Nets, Jason Tatum's going to be guarding Kevin Durant or Jason Tatum is going to be guarding Jimmy Butler or LeBron James would, or Kawhi Leonard. Would you agree that the league is guard-driven, right? I think it's forward driven. I think it, I think it's forward driven actually. It's, it's guard, come on, it's guard driven, and you know it. <laughs> I mean, all the best players in the league are forwards. I mean, all the best. Six eight six nine listed as a point guard. Yeah, Ben Simmons was six ten is listed as a point guard. I think it's driven by six eight people who can handle and shoot the ball. Nah, it's guard driven. It's, Point guard position is the toughest position to, to match up with in the league. Marcus Smart definitely. You got. I mean, think about it. You got to guard Steph. You got to guard Kyrie. You got to guard Trey Young. You got to guard Levine. You got to guard who else? Devin Booker. You got to guard somebody like Pat Bev and, and Edwards. There he's guarding. Well, you don't have to guard, guard Patrick Beverly. Beverly. He just misses shots. <laughs> I mean, no, Pat Bev does though. I was just naming players. You know. <laughs> We could have done without saying, the pad like, As far as the point guard position, I feel like Marcus Smart, they best defender is Marcus Smart. And it starts with him. So for me at the other forward spot, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, and it's crazy that he does all this in 33 minutes a game, which is crazy as I'm looking at this. So 52% shooting from the field. Obviously, the efficiency from the line and three-point shooting isn't particularly great which is honestly while while if Kevin Durant was healthy I might have put Kevin Durant at the other forward spot and then Giannis come off the bench which is crazy because I think Giannis is the best player in the NBA but Giannis is at per game 31 a game 12 rebounds five assists and almost a block and steal a game as well uh while being one of the best defensive players in the NBA the Bucks. Uh, have had one of the best records in the Eastern Conference the whole season, despite not having their best player, Chris Middleton. Uh, Giannis gets the nod uh, as my second forward. How about for you? Um, I agree. Um, the reason why I put KD, I didn't want to. I, I gave it, you know, seniority, NBA vet years, you know, years in the league, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to have Giannis or KD coming off the bench. I'm not gonna lie. So I, put, I got Giannis. I took the combo. I'm as my four. And Giannis is one of them players that when he got to the league, you know, the numbers was, you know, like 11, 12 points a game. And then every year it just kept getting higher, 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 higher. Like, I think for the past, like, three, four seasons, it's been, like, around the same. 30, 11, and, like, five or six. Or 60, almost 60% shooting. So, you couldn't ask for a better show. I mean, he—that's all. That's you know, that's the no-brainer 
best former MVP, the best player of the year. And then where the Bucks is at, they're my sleeper to win, to come out the East. At least one of my top threes. I ain't going to say sleeper, but they're the top three contenders to me in the East with Giannis. So definitely at my four, 30, 12, and 5. Come on now. Yeah, it's interesting. So what you're saying is, Scotty, a guy who could possibly win MVP is going to be coming off the all-star bench for you. Jason Tatum. Possibly. Jason Tatum is going to finish top three in MVP voting. Would you agree with that? <clears throat> Depending on... Celtics are going to run away with the best record in the East. There's no way he's not finishing top three. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, I don't really... Let's go on regular season. We got to see what he's doing in the playoffs, too, though. I mean, he just got to the NBA Finals. Kevin Durant and Giannis were sitting at home. Going off this year, though. <laughs> I think the Celtics... I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I'll make a bet with you. A friendly bet. We ain't got to put nothing up. A friendly bet. I guarantee you, if he wins the MVP, they're not going to win the championship. Why do you assume that? Because... It's only been a few times where the MVP is the champion. And I don't think I don't think he's there yet. Like when you think of like a cha- an MVP that got a championship in a decade, it's only been like what, three? LeBron, Steph, and Giannis. So it's, Michael it's Jordan. Rare. And when you, I'm talking about like I'm talking about it recently though. Oh, like recently. That won, that won MVP in the same year. But the Giannis won the MVP the year he won the championship. Shaquille O'Neal did. I guess that's not recently. Giannis, Giannis did not. Giannis didn't. So LeBron did. So Steph that's, did. Shaq did. As far as the, the 2010 decade. 2010. Yeah, it would only be LeBron and stuff. Two of the 15 greatest players ever, conservatively. Maybe two of the 10 greatest players ever, depending on what you think. Uh, so, for me, at center. No shock to anybody. Joel Embiid, he is leading the NBA in points per game, which is crazy for a center. Fact check this, guys. I don't think any centers led the NBA in scoring since once Shaquille O'Neal was playing basketball in the early 2000s. Pretty impressive there. 33.6 points per game. 53.7% shooting from the field. Uh, he shoots 35% from three-point range, which is great in terms of stretching the floor. Averages about 10 rebounds a game, four assists, a steal, uh, about two blocks per game. Uh, top three in double-doubles per game in the NBA. Uh, Joel's just absolutely fantastic. And quietly as it's kept, the 76ers are now the two-seed in the Eastern Conference record-wise. They've just kind of passed up the Bucks as of late. So Joel Embiid is uh, the center for the team. And that was my one of my clearer ones because at first I was thinking, maybe can I put Giannis at center, then have KD and Tatum? And I'm like, no, Joel Embiid is the center position-wise, and I think he's having a better season than a few of those other guys. I think he's having a better season than Giannis. I think he's arguably having a better season than Durant. So I'm like, Giannis, I'm just, so Embiid, starting center for the All-Star game for the Eastern Conference. Um, I can disagree. I think, you know, everybody's going to have Joel Embiid as the center. Me, you, my mama. <laughs> everybody's going to have Joel Embiid. But everything you said, I think, but I, I don't think Philly got it. But as far as, like, his individual play, you couldn't actually, you know, a better, a better, um, for your best player to, you know, one of your best players to bring everything he got. But Joel Embiid, 
you can say what you want about him, like, and how he handled himself as far as, like, his, him being vocal, but he's definitely matured. He definitely matured a lot. And he played a lot of minutes, too, like 35 minutes, 35 minutes. And he's so dominating. I mean, the post game, I mean, his mid-range is phenomenal. Uh, you don't come up on him on the pick and roll. I mean, he's just going to pick and pop you to death from like 14, 15 feet, particularly at the top of the key. I mean, he can stretch the floor with his three-point range. I mean, Joel Embiid is like fantastic. He's a good passer too. Like it's, And then the defense speaks for itself. I mean, he's one of the 10 most impactful defensive players in the game. Just about to expound on that. The defense, like, he's one of the last few centers that, that come from that. You know what I mean? That like post game, mid race game. He can shoot the three. They really don't like it. But he's thirty five percent. He's a better three point shooter than Jokic, which is crazy because everybody talks about Jokic. He's a better three point shooter than Jokic, and he has been for the last few years. I mean, you know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> Joel is just, you know, like I said, he wanted to, he from that, he come from that last, that last few line of big men. After Joel, it's only a select few big men that's, that, that got that game. But it's not really, but they're not, you know, 7-2 or 7-3. They're either like 6-11 or 6-10, like an AD or like a Giannis. And they don't have the size neither. So, and to be able to, you know, move like that and lead the league and scoring. I don't think no big did that since we Shaq. I don't think the white led the league as far. So that's, you know, definitely to me, that's big in the game. You know, I've been saying that for the past, what, like three, four seasons? What about this to me, though? <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then go next to the break. Um, Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to get into our. Eastern Conference Reserves coming next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL Divisional Round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new ad existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with one leg you add up to 100%. I know, great deal, folks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Barbershop Sports Talk. We still have Scotty Johnson with us. Now we're going to get into Eastern All-Star Reserve predictions. So I'll start it off with me as my sixth guy off the bench, Kevin Durant. He's played 39 games, as I'm looking at this, a lot more than you probably initially would have thought. 29.7 points per game, 6.7 rebounds, 5.3 assists. Uh, The efficiency, I mean, at 34 years of age, I mean, 93% from the line, which is absolutely insane. I mean, he shoots 37% from three, uh, from two-point range. 
he is in the 60 percentile. I mean, he's 62 percent, and then he's shooting 56 percent um, from the field, which is absolutely insane as your your team's primary shot taker and you're the number one option on your team on a night-to-night basis in the NBA and you're just that efficient. Uh, Kevin Durant is absolutely special. Uh, The Brooklyn Nets, when he was playing, they were a top three seed. They were getting to that point after where they came from as being a middling seventh, eighth seed type of team to being a team that was kind of even out of the plan, going all the way back up uh, the way they did. And I know part of that was Kyrie had his head on straight and started playing good basketball, but it just shows the impact Kevin Durant makes, and that's kind of what he said to Patrick Beverly that one time in the playoff series when the Warriors were playing the Clippers. Y'all know who I am. I'm Kevin Fle- freaking bleeping mother. You know what, Durant, and that's what he's showing. What's a good? What's a good one? I had um, I had your guy, your MVP for the year, Jason Tatum, which I do think if KD don't play, he's going to be obviously he's going to be. He'd be the one to replace him. So, but I got JT. I think you got it averaging 31, eight rebounds, almost nine a game, four assists on 61.1% shoot, pure shooting. And actually, if you watch Jason Tatum play, he definitely has a lot of like mid range game. Like, he has a mid range bag. So, most of his shots, you know, he's hit most of his shots that he takes underneath, under, um, Underneath the key. In his last five games, you know, 35 and 11, 32.9 at home. Like, man, that's all star material right there. And I think that he's going to be what Paul Pierce was supposed to be for Boston. But I think he's going to be better. That's why I said supposed to be. Because I think he's already better like than how Paul Pierce was. More talented, all more athletic Can he be better than T Mac was? Of course. Apex T Mac. Apex. I feel like T Mac only had a couple of seasons where he was legit. Yeah, I'm talking about Apex T Mac. I'm talking about peak T Mac. Orlando Magic, yeah. 31 point per game T Mac. I mean, I guess that's what Tatum's doing right now. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because T Mac was, they had T Mac listed as a two, but he was about as big as a three. So most of his mismatches, mis- mismatches were people smaller than him. Jason Tatum playing people, being guarded by people like LeBron, AD. Be honest. So, for my next guy, I have Jalen Brown. Uh, pretty easy selection. I believe this is going to be his first All-Star. No, his second All-Star appearance. Didn't make the All-Star game last year, which was weird considering how Boston had that huge turnaround. But that's a story for another day. 27 points per game, 7.1 rebounds, 3.3 assists, 49% shooting from the field, uh, 78% from the line, 33% from three. Uh, one of the best defensive guards in the NBA, the second best player on the best team in the East. 
uh, the best team in the NBA record-wise. He is the Robin to Jason Tatum's Batman. There's no reason why Jalen Brown shouldn't be in the All-Star game. He's having a career year, and I think he's having an All-NBA caliber season where he's going to be a guy that I look at heavily for the All-NBA third team. I expected that too. Say that again. I said I expected that too. <laughs> Last five, he averaged twenty five point six, four point rebound, four points, four four rebounds, ten assists, two steals. I think that Darius Garland is is definitely a replacement of Kyrie of what we had in Kyrie, definitely. But I think that Darius is a I ain't gonna say you're a better point guard, but he's better at distributing the ball than Kyrie was. He's definitely a pass first point guard. And when you got a point guard like that, that distributes, on top of being able to score, because he averages 21.7, so that's 22, about 22 a game, eight assists, 57.4, true shooting, 42% for the field, 40% from three, 90, 90% from free throw. I feel like his injuries earlier in the season is what, you know, he, his stats will probably be up a little bit more because he'd have had more games under his legs. But like where we're at, I like where he, um, I like it when he plays, when he's on the court because when he's on the court, you know that everybody's going to touch the ball and everybody's going to get their touches. And I always tell people the Cavs are at their best when everyone is touching the ball and doing what they're supposed to do, whether if it's, you know, Mobley and Evan defending and rebounding pick and roll action scoring off um, you know, second chance points or whether it's Donovan Mitchell, you know, leading the scoring scoring low, Darius Garland distributing, Karis LeBert and Jetty coming off the bench doing their thing. And leading the bench, Kevin Love. When everybody's doing that, then we're unstoppable. But that starts when Darius Darius plays. When Darius doesn't play, the offense is stagnant. It doesn't look like like it doesn't flow as high it doesn't mesh in jail how how should should look, how should be. Yeah, for my eighth guy, uh, we're not going to get to Darius Garland quite yet. Uh, Julius Randle. Uh, So 24 points per game, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. The biggest issue with Randle here that I have is his efficiency. I mean, he's at 46% from the field, 33% from three, 74% from free throw. None of those are eye-dropping splits efficiency-wise, but he is the best player on the Knicks team. That is the seventh seed right now in the Eastern Conference. Uh, He's played 48 games this season, so he's been a guy like every night he plays, which is something I value. And he's had a really big bounce-back season for the Knicks when last year wasn't super stellar for them. So Julius Randle's my next guy. Oh God! That's a beer. Come, what? 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 Come on, man! You don't have to go with James Harden. Come on, averaging what, like twenty-two and eleven? And he's not the. I ain't gonna lie. He's he not what he used to be, but 
Philly is definitely where they're at because of because of him too. You can't just knock him out. Twenty one point five. Yeah, about twenty two. Twenty one point five. Six point five rebounds. Eleven assists. Sixty one percent true shooting. So he's still, you know, he's still efficient. Ninety percent from the um, free throw. Forty percent from the three. Fifty one percent from the um, field. That's good. How many games has James Harden played this year? It Play can't 30. be thirty. Play thirty. Yeah, that that doesn't shock me. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> That's hey hey. Really, yeah, but they yeah, because they but they really they really beat the ball. James Harden. Okay, well, the other ball too, but it's definitely that duo. You gotta get, you gotta. James Harden didn't make the cut for me, unfortunately, or fortunately for my team. But you know who did make the cut? You know who did make the cut? A guard you just mentioned, Darius Garland. Vanderbilt Commodore product. Shout out to Skip Bayless. 22 points per game, 8 assists per game. Uh, Like you mentioned all things about Darius Garland. Also, he's the second best player on the Cleveland Cavaliers team who was a top three seed in Easter Conference for most of the year right now. They're at the five line. But he's one of the more pure point guards in the NBA. Uh, solid, solid shooting percentage from three-point range at 39%. Good from the line at 87%. I guess the only thing is you'd want the field goal percentage to be more up from where it is at about 45%. But, I mean, right, you can't have your cake and eat it too all the time. 39 games played, 36.1 minutes uh, per game that's played. Uh, they rely on him heavily. Uh, so there's Garland's going to be my next guy and the ninth guy off the bench for this team. Okay, I don't know how you're gonna feel about this one. This one might this one might shock you. I got my my guy. I liked it when he came to the league with Lonzo. And in the Lakers in his rookie year, I got Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> Kyle hey, hey, you know that's my guy. And I always tell people, if you get Kyle Kuzma his own team, he'd definitely be an all star. And, and look what happened. He got traded to Washington. Perfect Perfect on situation for him. Averaging 21.8, 7.6 rebounds, 4.0 assists. Averaging 37 minutes in the last five games, 25.8 points in the last five games. Nine rebounds, six assists. Oh, oh my goodness. You can't calculate with... And then when you compare his numbers from last season to now... Uh, it, you know, it, the turnaround you let us see it, and then how he got treated in the media when he was playing, you know, with LeBron in LA. A lot of people thought that he was a burden, but that's only because when you're a guy that's used to being the number one, and this is on any level, when you're used to being the number one, and then your role changes, kind of like, kind of like similar to like Kevin Love. To when he first came to Cleveland with LeBron and KD, or like to Chris Bosh with LeBron and D-Wade. Like, when you become the third or the fourth option, your numbers are going to go down. So no matter how, you could still have your play the same. Like, you know, your game improve. You can improve on your game all you want. But certain players is just, you know, they overshadow each other. So like, if you get like a LeBron or like an AD, you know, who has the ball most of the time, your numbers are going to go down. You might not, you know, get, you still don't get your shots, 
but because of the rhythm, not getting the ball like how you're used to, the rhythm is going to be messed up. So it's going to drop your numbers. But him going to Washington and then unfortunate for Bad Bill, you know, getting hurt. But when he got hurt, Al Kuzma definitely stepped up. Like I said, in the last, like, five games, he's averaging 26. And I think Brad Beal just came back last week. So, Cal Kuzma is definitely an all-star. He earned it, especially going through what he went through his first five years in the league. That's interesting. I did not have Cal Kuzma. I didn't even give Cal Kuzma a second thought. <laughs> I didn't even give Cal Kuzma a second thought. We have James Harden and Kyle Kuzma on the all-star team, and that must mean my guy Tyrese Halliburton, who I had as my starter, is going to make the team. That must mean that, because we have Kyle Kuzma and James Harden. James Harden, I kind of understand. You're giving Kyle Kuzma a lot of respect, Scotty. You're giving him a lot of respect. I mean, Washington, has a, they have a winning record. And like I said, Bradley Bill went out. It's, it's definitely, it's really been Kyle Kuzma and Porzingis. And the only reason I get an edge to Kyle Kuzma is because they won the offense through him when Brad Bill went up. So, for me, my next guy, my 10th guy is going to be Trey Young. Trey Young was tough. Uh, part of me didn't really want to have him on here, but, I mean, the numbers, especially the counting numbers, speak for itself. I mean, 27 <laughs> points per game, 11th in the NBA. Oh, you thought that was funny? No, but I had him on. I had him on. I believe I had him as my all-star starter last year when we did this exercise. But uh, 27 points per game, 11th in the NBA in scoring. That's pretty good. Uh, 9.9 assists per game, so basically 10 assists per game. Third in the NBA in assists. Uh, the efficiency, you know, it is what it is. But he's 6'1", and he's like a buck forty. So 42% from the field. That's no shocker there. 31%. Uh, from three-point range, that's not good. He's 89% from the line, though. Um, 43 games. Plays every game. Plays hard. 36 minutes per game. You always can't rely on him, even if, there's no not, even if it's not the most efficient and the most team-friendly basketball in the world. He's going to do that, and he's going to be good for about 30 and 10. And the Hawks, they're a middling top eight-ish seedish team in the Eastern Conference, so that should be good enough to get him in as a reserve. Uh, despite the fact that Trey Young probably isn't people's most favorite player in the world, he should be on here. So Trey Young at 10. Okay, okay. I got Trey Young too. You know, that's, I always go with Ice Trey, one of my favorite players to watch. Um, I think with Atlanta, I think it's coaching. I think I definitely think it's coaching a certain player pushing them because I think they should be definitely be better than what they should be coming from coming um off that playoff stretch that they had in twenty one and then to go you know to basically down downgrade because you know Atlanta if they finish where they're finished at they're going to be known as a playing team so that's not you know you don't want that you're a player like Trey Young you don't want the numbers are there, you know, 27 a game, 10 assists, 86.3 true shooting, 44% from the field. The only thing that I feel like I, that, that messes up Atlanta is just, you know, coaching the center player personnel. They got to put more different pieces around them to mesh. I like the DeJounte Murray um, acquirement because 
it gives that gives them a better chance to be more um, guard dominant as far as like in the backcourt. Now it's just time to work on the front court and like the centerpiece. But I definitely am a you know big fan of Trey Young. Numbers is the same every year. They didn't think a lot of people thought he was going to have this type of impact in the league, and he's basically averaging. He ain't averaging, he averaged 35 in college, but averaging 27, you know, it's just, you know, basically just the same numbers playing the same way <laughs> on the pro numbers. So for my 11th guy off the bench, I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Buckets over here, uh, 21 points per game, 6 rebounds per game, 5 assists per game. Always just very solid. Uh, counting numbers, nothing special. We only played 34 games, which, I mean, isn't super great. Uh, but the efficiency is good. 51% shooting from the field. You'd wish three-point shooting percentage would be better, but also a good defender as well. And the best player on the Miami Heat, a Miami Heat team that has been doing better lately, top six seed in the East. Uh, one of the most consistent players in the NBA when he plays. You always know what you're going to get from Jimmy. So I have Jimmy as my 11th guy. So I don't know how you're going to feel about this one, too. Because they, they, this this guy's team hasn't technically been what they're supposed to be, but he's been balling. And I went to the game where, you know, Donovan Mitchell gave him 71. He had 44. I got DeMar DeRozan. Averaging 26.2, 5 point, oh rebounds, 4.9 assists. And then just, you know, the efficiency. I mean, 50... 58.2 field goal percentage in the last five, 92.9 from the free throw, 33% from the three. And all this is in the last five. For the season, he averaged 26. 51% from the field, 90% from the free throw, you know, 30% from the three. So he basically, in the last five games, averaging his regular averaging. And the only thing, like I said, with it's kind of the same thing I said with Trey. It's just the team, you know. I feel like it's they, they got a young core. Their starting five is legit, just don't have a bench. And I don't know I don't, I don't know who they coach, but I don't, you know, I don't want to say it's coaching because I don't know who they coach. But I think it's with them, it's just certain player personnel. And then by them being in the East, you know, they got some, got a lot of tough teams out there. You got Cleveland, you got Brooklyn, you got Milwaukee, Philly. I think Chicago is definitely one of the teams that's supposed to be up there competing with those teams, but they're not. But you can't, you know, this is the all-star, not all-star team. So as an individual player, DeMar DeRozan has definitely been, he's having a good season. DeMar DeRozan's Laker renaissance has been one of the more interesting things in the NBA. I mean, I view him a lot differently than I did when he was in Toronto, like, as a better basketball player, which is kind of weird, but you don't see that his players get over 30, right? Um, so right. it's been really impressive how DeMar's kind of reinvented himself and improved his game. And I think that kind of all started when he went to San Antonio and he got to learn and play under Greg Popovich and he got to brought that to Chicago. Because remember last year in Chicago, at one point he was averaging like 28 per game and they were like the number one seed in the conference. It's like, what the hell got into DeMar DeRozan? Exactly. And then to go from number one to, to you know, being 10, that's, you know, that's that's a huge drop off. But that's not his fault. That's the team's fault. So I agree. Like it's like he's gotten better as he's gotten older. You typically don't see that, but definitely see it and he you know, it's well deserved. So for my last guy off the bench, uh 
You know who I didn't mention yet, Scotty? Who didn't mention? Uncle Drew. Kyrie Irving gets the last spot. Uh, all the things Kyrie's... Oh, uh, hey, at least he's on it. At least he's on it. And, and you know what the issue was? At the end of the day, I, I couldn't justify him not being on here because you look at the numbers. He's 27, 5, and 5, and he shoots 48% from the field. <laughs> so I'm like... 37% from three. I mean, two-point range, he's 56. He's 57%. 57%. He's 90 from the line. I mean... The defense has never been great, but just the, the the efficiency and how good he is on the offensive end of the court and the fact that it's an all-star game. We want to see offense, want to see crazy dribble moves, want to see people hit crazy shots. I mean, Kyrie's perfect for this. Uh, the games he's missed doesn't necessarily help him. He only played 35, but then again, I'm getting Jimmy Butler in this game with only 33. Uh, we can question, some people want to question how much he impacts winning. Is it more him or is it more Durant? Obviously, it's more Durant, but I mean, the Nets... They were a top three seed before Durant got hurt. Now they're, they're like a four or five seed, so they're not doing too bad in that department. Uh, Kyrie Irving's a bucket, as you like to say, Scotty, and I don't – it's hard to – you don't want to necessarily reward reward people for kind of the mayhem he caused early in the season, but the basketball is just too good. And the whole point of the All-Star game is, you know, stars and making shots, and that's what Kyrie does. So Kyrie gets the last spot for me. Do you think he'll wait? Do you think he'll be an All Star? I think there will be some media bias in the reserve voting. Because do you think he'll actually get it? I didn't. I didn't think about it like that. I thought you know, but if there is, then that's wrong. But I think he's going to be. But without the media bias, I think he's going to be one. But if it, if they do, you know, take what you know the off the court antics into consideration. I think it's unfair. And if they do that, then he won't get no star. But I mean the the league votes for it and they usually go for the, the you know, what they see in the numbers. So I think he's gonna be a star. Because I believe the reserve voting is coaches, head right? head coaches. No, no, I believe the starters are fans. Okay. The reserves, I believe, are media members and coaches, some for the formula there. I still don't know. I mean, I don't know if Kyrie Irving's the a coach's dream either. I think I could see a coach being like, I'd rather have a Bam out of bio. A guy who sets picks and rebounds and plays defense. I don't know if Kyrie's like the perfect guy for some coaches either. You could cost some headaches. But uh particularly the media, I don't know if he's getting the media vote by and large. In fact I would say he's not. But just like you said though, I mean it's the All-Star game. We want to see, you know, Showtime. And Kyrie is definitely must-see TV. I'm sorry. Kyrie is definitely must-see TV. Kind of like Steph. You got to see them. You're certain players you got to see on TV. Got to, you got to have for the entertainment value. And Kyrie definitely has entertainment value. So who's your last my, guy? My last pick. This one was hard. Cause I got some honorable mentions as well, but for my last pick, I got um, somebody you already mentioned. I got Jalen Brown. <laughs> okay. Um, second um, running, second best player on the Celtics next to um, Jason Tatum, averaging twenty twenty six point nine. I mean, oh my goodness, that's. I think that's if I'm not mistaken, that's a that's an upgrade from um, 
you know, from last season. And to be, it's kind of like watching, you've never seen a combo, a duo, you know, where it's a guard and a forward because Jalen Brown starts as a two, but he's technically, to me, he's a forward, but he plays the two. And a lot of his mis- a lot of his his match his matchups be mismatches. Uh, most of the two guards average is like six four, and he's like six seven. So to get it's easy for him to get his buckets. And I ain't gonna talk about it. You gonna talk about his defense because his perimeter defense is crazy too. Because he he was checking LeBron. His first couple of years in Boston, like, you know, when Boston was still on that, you know, when they were coming up, they think this was the first year, his rookie year was Isaiah Thomas's um, MVP year or candidate, his top five, you know, year. And he was going LeBron, too, at it, and he was young. And, you know, when you do that young and then, like, you know, you just keep doing it in your years in the league, you get better. And I feel like his offense and defense got better, like, you know, at the same time. Some people, some players are not working like that. Some people offense be ahead of their defense. Some people defense be ahead of their offense. But it's like he improved on everything, like, around it, like, just, you know, just at the same time. And people used to talk about his ball handling, but to me, you know, it get better every year. Last five games, averaging 21, 21 points on 45%, shooting 35% from the three. I mean... You can't, you know, you can't like I like I've been saying, you can't ask for a better show. That's my list. For my honorable mention, I had um, Julius Randle, I had Zach Levine, and I had Siakam. I had Levine on there just for the entertainment value. You know, people want to see dunks. If he ain't in the dunk contest, you definitely got to be an all star. You got to see Levine dunk. But as far as like you know, just people that's playing hard and like trying, and their teams are winning. Well, outside of Siakam, you know, Toronto's struggling. But New York is definitely having a good season. But Siakam, his individual play has been great, too. It's just, I don't know what's going on in Toronto. They were good, but it's like... They lost Kawhi, their way. <laughs> you know, since Kawhi, but, you know, yeah, like it's been downhill. So, those are my honorable mentions. But I think I feel, I feel like my, my this was, you know, I feel like that's going to be, I feel like that's going to be how it goes. You know, some of my honorable mentions were guys like DeMar DeRozan. James Harden, if he played most of his games this year, probably would have made the cut for me. Uh, I think Julius Randle should be in instead of Kyle Kuzma. I think that's an easy correction for me on your list, Scotty. But uh, I'll let you have your Kyle Kuzma love. Julius Randle should be in instead of Kyle Kuzma. That's just my, you know. I'm just saying. I think, I, I think you're doing Julius a little, a little dirty. We're doing, and you know what, Tyrese is my starter. You don't even have Tyrese on. Nah, I mean, honorable mention too, though, because I like, I like Tyrese's game. I like this game in um, Sacramento. I just knew him and De'Aaron Fox were gonna mesh together because of the guard play. I knew for Tyrese to be successful, he has to be like the the point guard. And once again, I want to thank Scotty for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in to this episode. The 530th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.